Welcome to another episode of Awareness to Action Enneagram Podcast. My name is Creek, and I'm here with my perspicacious co-host, Maria Sikora and Maria Jose Unita. Thank you, ChatGPT. Um, that word... Yeah. Just, we gotta give us a by, by the way, in Spanish, that would be perspicaz. <laughs> R- really? So you're using... Yeah, so you're using most words that you're using have a Latin root, oh. so they well, are almost English, the same in Spanish. English is considered a Latin. Uh, is it? Yeah, I, I, I think Anglo-Saxon, I would say. Mm, not so sure. I would have to check that. But I, I don't even know what perspicacious oh, means. All right. So wow. I got a big word, Mario. Well, does not know? Um, yeah. Well, I do. Hey, I do. Yeah. Um, should we just keep him well, in the dark, it's Mario? Jose? In is that, yeah, should we just keep what? him in the dark? Yeah. Yes. Uh, of course. Okay. <laughs> uh, someone who possesses keen insight, sharp perception, and a deep understanding of complex matters. Well, that's why I don't understand it because <laughs> I don't know it's, it's never come up in yeah. my life. So you know, that's so. not the greatest place to start as we're trying to convince people of your uh, your smarts and keen ability to be insightful. Um, <laughs> we are talking about once again on this episode of the things we don't talk about or the things we don't teach. And today we're talking about centers, a, a, a long taught tradition. And Mario and I, you and I had a conversation about this the other day where I still see some level of interesting exploration in, in the centers. So what do you like about the centers, Creek? Um, well, before we yeah, destroy before me. you destroy me. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. How about to give you a chance? Pick your head up and extend your chin, Creek. And uh. <laughs> no, um, no. I was just saying how for for me, it's just a it's just a helpful categorization. Sometimes as I'm like looking through my thoughts and my feelings and my actions, basically, and uh, noticing, oh, I'm feeling a like a really hard emotion right now and how does that emotion show up somatically how does it show up um in my thoughts in my thought patterns what type of emotion is it so it just kind of helps uh help helps me flesh out whatever it is that i'm experiencing in the moment because they're always it's always happening um there's always some sort of somatic there's already always some sort of emotion and there's always some type of thought associated with that emotion um, so that's just helpful for me now correlating it to the Enneagram. I would like, like we've been saying, not necessarily useful. I don't think there does seem to be something similar with those three groupings, but I don't think it's strong enough to teach it. And, and yeah, I haven't heard necessarily a compelling reason that doesn't fall apart yet. See that's our little boy is learning. Mario, so <laughs> he he's, he's just he's coming along. Yeah, it's just way. it's being skeptical uh, about everything and just calling BS on everything. That's that's all I've learned. Um, so. No, no, no. Look, I think that I I have to agree with you, Craig. I think that when we look at ourselves and other people, and we look at their phenomena that we're seeing, it is a useful model or map to look at these three things. Uh, Because sometimes, like in ontological coaching, when I studied, there was this coherence or not in these three domains. You act in a way, you feel in a way, you uh, think in different ways, you have uh, certain beliefs. And 
it is three areas that we need to look at when we're trying to become aware of what's happening with us and with other people. It, I think it's a useful tool. Now, mapping that out to the strategies or the enotypes, I'm not so sure, especially in the way that I've seen it done. But the usefulness of looking at these three things, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and I would agree as well. So to reiterate, um, just because we don't teach something doesn't mean we think it's quote-unquote wrong. It's about the degree of utility that it brings corresponding to the degree of complexity that it adds. It's does it solve more, does it answer more questions than it raises? And for me, the centers, as they're taught generally, raise more questions upon pressure than they answer. Now, there's two ways to think about the centers as it's taught in the Enneagram. Number one is just that each of us has multiple centers, right? You go back to Gurdjieff's, you know, diagram of the upside down man that's also in Maitri's book. And I don't know if, I don't think it's in Naranjo's book, but he talks about, no, it is in Naranjo's book, I think. It's this idea that we have, you know, lower centers and higher centers, which are just, you know, maladaptive versus adaptive, you know, elements of human nature and so forth. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, humans are thinking, feeling, and doing beings. Okay. I'm not denying that. And a more functional human thinks well, has emotional intelligence, and manages their emotional states well, and they're in touch with their body, and they're skillful in life. Okay. So, yeah, sure, all well and good. But there are easier ways to talk about this. There are more modern ways to talk about this. There are more, in my mind, useful ways to talk about this, right? And to use a model that comes from a guy, you know, a hundred years ago in Gurdjieff, eh, you know, uh, okay. But people talk about these things differently now, right? I mean, you know, so I, I just don't like the idea of using or being wedded to what I see as outdated and blunt ways of talking about human nature, right? It's like saying, you know, look up or look down, look left, look right. Well, sure, that helps, but okay, now I've got to narrow it down. So it's just, you know, okay. Now the problem for me is when people start taking it seriously and say, no, you have three brains, right? Whenever I hear that, you, you've got three brains. You've got a brain in your head. You've got a brain in your chest area. You've got a brain in your abdomen. Now you're sounding really, really stupid, right? Because for starters, brain is a technical term that refers to that organ that's part of the central nervous system and resides within your skull, okay? If you've got a brain in your chest and a brain in your belly, well, then call, you know, the medical oddities committee because <laughs> you're a weird, weird individual. Now, do we have complex, you know, uh, central nervous system structures in our chest and our belly that affect different things? Yeah, sure. But you know, let's, it does no good. Again, if I refer to it as a center, 
I've created a gremlin explanation, meaning that, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have any ex- real explanatory power for me. Okay. It's like, you know, and, and anybody who is smart and educated and has a scientific mindset is going to rip you apart if you start talking about these things. So, I I mean, there are, if someone's talking about, well, there's intuition, right? And there is, that's part of our system, Mm -hmm. right? It's one of the core qualities. And no one's denying that, right? There's, there's ways in which there's three different ways you probably multiple, but like in this instance, yeah, there's three ways you can interact or interface with reality, whatever that is, whether it's a person or an idea or something like that. And there's different ways of looking at something. Um, does this feel right? Or how does this make me feel? Sure. Or does this make sense? All of those completely valid. Um, sure. Sure. And then we can talk about all the microbiota in your gut that are, some say, are in some way controlling what you're wanting to eat, right? But that's not what uh, we're talking about yeah, in the Enneagram. Sure. Yeah. Right, right. And, and, and so again, if we start talking about a gut intelligence or something, that doesn't explain anything to me, right? All it's saying is, okay, you don't have to look anymore. But now we can start looking at these microbiota that you're talking about and really start to understand what's happening there. And so, and then we can start talking about intuition and say, okay, well, what's really going on here? And intuition, you know, we say it's a gut feeling, but Usually intuition, you know, is our non-conscious, then some non-conscious part of our brain and central nervous system working together to take in information, send signals to the conscious part of the brain in order to make us more skillful and more effective in life and better able to survive. Okay, so, you know, again, for me, the thing I don't like about the centers idea in terms of, you know, we're, you know, seven centered creatures or something it's just kind of a dull and uninteresting explanation of human nature as far as I'm concerned. And I mean, no disrespect to the people who really love this and find it valuable and all that sort of stuff. It just doesn't interest me intellectually. Okay. It doesn't explain anything for me. It also causes mistyping. Well, I was just going to say, so now we're switching into certain types are head types, certain types are heart types, certain types are feeling types, which is a separate piece but related so go ahead yeah to me that's the main issue because i mean you can play with any idea you want and if it makes sense to you then so be it but when you start using it to type yourself or other people and you're a head type so that you have to be a five a six or a seven or you're a body type and you're a heart type what does that mean let alone the nine three six triangle where you're less in touch with that bodies, I mean, that center. And it's just a contortion that it only feels good when you're talking to Enneagram enthusiasts. And if you try to explain that to reasonable people who are not familiar with the Enneagram, it looks like a crazy idea. I had a conversation today with a client who's interviewing me. It's the first time we spoke. He's a preserving three. He's an operations guy. If I had said to this guy, you're a feeling type, he would have just laughed in my face and anybody would have laughed in my face and I would have never said it to him because a preserving three is not a feeling type. 
Now we can contort, and I like Maria Jose's use of that word because that's exactly what it is. We can contort and rationalize that in some way, but now we're into, you can say pretty much what you want about anybody. All right. You know, look, I've had people say to me, oh, well, you must be a head type. Okay. I don't, you, you know, I, I, you have big brains. <laughs> you read books. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, so I'm a fairly cerebral person. Okay. Comparatively speaking, I'm not saying I'm that smart, but I'm saying I'm cerebral. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> thinks a lot but in circles, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, and, and and so it's like, okay, yeah, but yeah, but becomes the explanation, all right? Or it's to Mario Jose's point about mistyping. Well, Mario can't be an eight because you know he's always talking about epistemology. Right, only fives talk about epistemology or, or whatever. So, uh, you know, again, it just falls apart under any pressure. Okay, and if it falls apart under pressure, you gotta let it go. In my, I gotta let it go. Okay, you can do what you want, but I've gotta let it go. Now, and if we go back to the uh, subtypes, I am thinking about somebody we know that is transmitting. And because of that energy, he was typed as an eight because there was so much kind of, I don't want to say strength, but intensity in his behavior that he, he had to be a body type. Therefore, between one, nine, and eight, eight was the one that right. fit the best. Well, I think he's a two, but... That was not an option because he was supposed to be a body type, you know? So you use a framework that is not getting you to a, to a solution or to an answer or to um, a data point that it's useful because it's distracting you from what's really there. A couple of episodes ago, we talked about first principles. And the whole idea of first principles is that they need to be really, really robust. They need to hold up. Okay. Doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. Doesn't mean they're going to apply all the time, right? They're not laws. They're first principles. And we have to start looking at what we take as first principles and say, do they hold up? Are they robust enough that they become operable? Or do people start you know, saying, yeah, this whole Enneagram thing doesn't really make sense because, you know, I'm supposed to be this and I'm supposed to be that, but I'm not. Well, that's because, you know, of, of some of these ideas. Now, can it be helpful to people at some point? Sure. My point is, let's help them with something that holds up better. Okay. And it's fine to say, yeah, but, you know, human nature consists of thoughts, feelings, and actions. Okay? You know, that's mm -hmm. what we talk about, right? So, so, so I'm looking at a book here in my shelf uh, that was actually... You must be a five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must be a head type. You've got a book. Yeah, yep, yeah. that's me. Uh, Roaming Free Inside the Cage by William M. Schaefer. And I remember reading it a while ago. I haven't read it in a while, but I remember reading it. And he proposes 
that heart types are doing types and body types are feeling types. Like body types just feel the intensity of the world. It's like, yeah, probably sure we all do on some level and then and then and then heart types yeah (laughs) that's that's my whole problem is that i just feel you know too much and uh, (laughs) well (laughs) you do you do have some emotional i like some heat sure yeah Yeah, of course yeah, yeah. Yeah. but and then like redefining heart types as doing types in that they they try to i don't know i don't remember exactly how it goes but it's like I remember it being helpful, even though now I see it as just like, oh, we're just kind of everything. Everyone has all of those three, thinking, feeling, and doing. And then and then it also talks about you're repressed in one center. And what was what, what I'm realizing is that was helpful because it m- broke me outside of the box and be like, actually, yeah, how am, how am I doing things that are not efficient? Or not adaptive. Um, how am I avoiding certain feelings? How am I not thinking clearly? It made me relook at all those centers and reassociate different things with them, so I could see a more clearer picture of myself. Now, um, yeah, of course, that doesn't necessarily mean that that was accurate, but it was just another way of breaking me outside of this box that is limited. Yeah, I think my experience with some of these frameworks is that although they might not be accurate or hold up, they might help you become more aware of certain patterns you have. And yeah, it's good. They're helpful, but they have so many limitations and downsides that we've decided not to use them. We try to find better frameworks that hold up that explain more and are more actionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're prompts. Yeah, like well, the Inquirer Astrology magazine that, see, that's, thing that we've talked about before. That, that's where I was going to go, right? So, yeah, anything can be useful. Anything can inspire an insight. Anything can inspire yeah. a thought. So let's try to come up with the best explanations, okay, that are going to, because you might have, you know, I... I, th- I think I'm, according to the horoscope, I'm a Leo, right? And you read the description of the Leo, yeah, sure. I, you know, I think that um, you know that 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 fits. And I could probably pick three or four or five other astrology uh, signs that I could make fit as well. But I've never bothered to read them because, in my mind, I'm a Leo, and that's the only one that matters, right? So, well, you uh, you need to come back next episode with. Uh a list of three others. Why well, I'm a Sagittarius with. and a, yes. uh, a Pisces yes, and, and all these stuff. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so again, they, you know, the Barnum effect, right? So we can find anything. Yeah. Again, I'm not suggesting the centers are wrong. I'm not suggesting that you can't make them useful. I am saying that for us, they're overly complicated. They're too blunt and difficult to support and therefore they bring more baggage with them when it comes to critical thought than they add value so we throw them overboard and when we say complicated it's not that we are not able to understand <laughs> well, maybe because of maybe we're not just, yeah. we're just not perspicacious <laughs> enough to uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know I've, every time i uh. see people in other 
with another body of bodies of knowledge using frameworks like this to classify people it's very interesting to me that every time they split people in three categories they usually correlate to the three instinctual biases i've not never seen anything useful correlating to the three centers every time i see these things being applicable and staying kind of relevant it's just similar to the three instinctual biases i i would agree that's my experience as well uh, and uh, for example uh go into a bookstore and um now i think you probably could I, I think it probably you could make a case that you know books in the bookstore are you can go to the head section you can go to the you know the cooking section which you know and the exercise section and the relationship section and all that sort of stuff so you probably could make the argument that you could find all those as well but whenever i look at books having to do with evolutionary biology they're all always about mm the navigating bias, you know, books on sociality and uh, the transmitting bias, so, you know, uh, sexual uh, reproduction and so forth. You don't see too many about the um, preserving domain, but that's because there are so many other books that are related to the preserving domain. I just don't think they need to be covered there. But yeah, I, I, for me, it's, you know, I, I just... When people go out into the world with this idea of centers, they end up saying things and making, uh, you know, explanations that are not really res that well respected. Look, I, I just, I just heard a pretty, uh, you know, well-known enneagram teacher the other day saying we only use part of our brain. Right and pop psychology, yeah, and 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 it's pop psychology that's just you know, I mean, how dumb a thing is that to say, right? I mean, it's just so not true. And it came, you know, out of some distortion about something, and you know, all this sort of thing. But I actually looked it up. Is a is a a reel from Neil deGrasse Tyson of is actually a misinterpretation of a study where the study said something along the lines of we only know what 10% of our brain does. There the rest of it is a mystery. And so then it turned into, we only use 10% of our brain. Okay. Well, that, that, that may well be. And, uh, you know, and probably when that was said, it may have been 10%. I'm sure we've probably increased since then, right? Uh, but I've got news for you. If, you know, if you're only using 10% of your brain, what's that other 90%? I mean, is it just dormant matter? I mean, you know, the body doesn't keep dormant matter. It wouldn't be there. It would, exactly right. Exactly right. So, but it's a but very the, expensive organ. That, that's for sure, right? That is for sure. So, my point is that when Enneagram teachers are not being as robust as they can be in the claims that they're making, they open themselves up for embarrassment and they diminish the field right i mean that's just what it comes down to now I, 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 let me say this okay because if anybody listens to this podcast this is one we'll get pushed back on right because the centers there are people out there saying if you're not teaching the centers you're not teaching the enneagram okay and okay 
Great. Uh, you know, I'm not teaching your Enneagram because Mario's email is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll give you my home address, man. Come, you know, we'll, 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 we'll hash it out. <laughs> oh, Lord. Not okay. yeah. Bring it on. Bring I don't a even friend, have his man. home address. Yeah, right. I mean, wow. <laughs> bring it on. Bring a friend because I'm ready I to do. roll, man. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, yes. Uh, no, uh, no, uh, joking aside, um, look. If this is useful for people, that's fine. Again, astrology can be useful for people. I do not think that the utility of it outweighs the complexity that it brings and the confusion mm -hmm. it causes. And I think it's an uninteresting way to think about human nature. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing we can all agree on is there's both both maladaptive maladaptive and adaptive ways to think act and feel absolutely absolutely and it's any type anyone even yes. the person who's the enneagram type 10 or, or whatever right yeah. can probably do something in one of those areas sure um as we're growing of course. so so creek how do you feel about <laughs> being out of the closet <laughs> <laughs> talking about Wait, these what? things. <laughs> Wait, do you know something so, I don't? <laughs> no, 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 no. Out of the closet in terms of the wings, of Enneagram theory. Mm. Talking about how we disagree about the wings, mm -hmm. about using the wings. Uh, I'm just trying to talk to the people who feel like we are going against what a lot of really smart sure. people have said in the past or still say. And it's not easy to go against that kind of people and the theory they talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a lot easier when you hear it, for example, from us for the first time and you don't have any investment in the wings. Mm -hmm. But when you have an investment in some of the theory, it's hard to say, well, I don't agree with it or I don't believe it's true or I don't believe it's useful. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to be rigorous in terms of challenging the theory so that we're better professionals and we talk about things that make sense and are useful. Where was, go was I going with this? <laughs> you're asking <laughs> how I feel. You're, you're yeah, asking. because you, 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 you tend, you, you always try, and I like that, to represent also the, or to mm -hmm. stand for what people, the listener would think or would mm -hmm. say. But I want to know what I'm you feel. highly offended and um, <laughs> unsubscribing from this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I I have a lot of dear friends and teachers who would still teach wings, would still teach centers. They've been immensely helpful in as I've asked them to help me work through different honestly traumatic events in my life and how they've talked about the wings or the centers like that wisdom does not change whether wings and centers are a thing or not right whether you just use them or not the wisdom is still there how you get there maybe there's a better way maybe there's a clear way maybe there's a less complex way but i think that's that's the thing is in a lot of different areas in my life i have to separate the idea from the person I have to filter it, be smart enough to filter what they're saying through the way in which I see and understand the world. Mm 
And I was just talking with someone the other day who was helping me out on something and they started talking about chakras. And I'm like, boof, I... <sighs> okay, so, so, then, so then I'm like, okay, I know, how to, I know how to translate this. Instead of derailing the conversation, getting lost in whether they're a thing or not, and is there a correlation with certain parts of the nervous system? Maybe, sure. But, but it wasn't helpful. So I'm like, or let me try to find the wisdom underneath that. And yeah, they're, they're talking about, yeah, sometimes you avoid your feelings. And sometimes that makes you not say things that you don't want to say or not say things that you should be saying. And then that causes some level of confusion or your, your, your brain is caught in some sort of loop and you're not able to think clearly. I guess those correlate with some sort of chakra thing or whatever. Great. But, but what I'm looking for is something that actually works. And, and that's all that I really care about. I don't have to believe in that sort of thing. So, so to me, it's like the wings, the centers, that doesn't mean that th- those who have written books or taught these things don't have immensely helpful things for you to hear and to apply to your life. However, maybe that wisdom is coming from a different location, either on the Enneagram or just their own life observation that they've correlated with these ideas. And, and I think that's wise, what you said. Uh, it's respectful to people. All life is problem-solving, right? The We work with the Enneagram. We're going to have to have the popper moment. <laughs> I wasn't even going to... Get it out of your system well, so I, we can end this episode. No, look, I, I've, I've, I've always told my kids, I've always told my kids, life is just getting up and solving one damn problem after another, right? It's just... Just how it works. We get up in the morning, a first problem, what am I going to have for breakfast, okay? Uh, which brother is in the shower and how long is it going to take before I can get in there, okay? I've got homework to do. I get this, you know, how do I improve my relationships? You know, it's just it's what we do is we solve problems, okay? We solve problems through explanations and theories and hypotheses, okay? Which are all kind of the same thing in a way. But a good explanation is better than a bad explanation, a great explanation is better than a good explanation, okay? So all of life as we're solving problems should also be about refining and improving our explanations of things. And there's nothing wrong with initial explanations. They're not bad. They're just not as good as they could be very often. So you can take something like Newton's you know, ideas about physics, okay? Newtonian physics. It's great. It's awesome. And it's incomplete and it needs something else. And there have been other ideas. You could take Darwin, for example. Darwin changed the world with his ideas of, uh, you know, uh, natural selection and, you know, random mutation and natural selection. But he was wrong about a number of things. Okay. And over time, his ideas have been refined and some of the things he suggested have been left by the wayside and some things have been added to it and so forth. And this is how people have abused his ideas. Absolutely. Absolutely right. His cousin or something with eugenics or something? Uh, I don't know that it was his 
I, I don't remember. Someone I, I that he was related to started using that as an excuse for eugenics. Uh, yeah, I, I, you, you might be thinking about Galton, but uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and refresh myself on the history. But but yeah, any idea can be abused, just like somebody can take the Enneagram and say, well, Creed, no wonder you're such a this or such a that because you're a four and fours don't deserve right. to live and you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm just using that <laughs> yeah, as an yeah, example, yeah. right? You know, I'm not... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, anything can be abused, but the, the, you know, again, the idea here is, is that knowledge evolves. Okay. With that doesn't mean that a previous evolution of the information cannot be useful in some way. We just think our way of doing it is more effective for the work we're doing with the people we work with. All right. So there's centers. Um, send all your hate mail to Mario. That's right. Mario <laughs> awareness to action. Yeah. But regardless, we love you listener and um, tune in next week for probably an even more um, contentious episode of what we don't use. <laughs> so long. Thanks for listening to the Awareness to Action Enneagram podcast. If you're interested in more information or talking to Mario, MJ, or myself, feel free to reach out to us through the links in the show notes or by emailing info at awarenesstoaction.com. All episode transcriptions and further information can be found at awarenesstoaction.com slash podcast. <laughs>